Carson, coffee. Welcome to the Coffee and Death Sticks podcast. My name is Kevin Romani. And I am Danny Marchant. It's been a rarity where I have gone to the pictures three times in a calendar week. Not in a calendar week, but three times in a seven-day period. So Danny and I are going to be talking about two of these movies in our next two episodes. One of them is Godzilla Minus One. We also seem to be in the middle of some sort of Godzilla renaissance godzilla sans something because there's the show on apple tv which i haven't watched yet that's tied into the american godzilla movies but i've heard it's actually good and then there's a new godzilla kong movie coming out early next year or early summer and now there's this new where it should be japanese made godzilla movie that danny and i really wanted to talk about so danny godzilla minus one what did you think uh i think this was my favorite movie of the year (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> like just a, just a, it's december and just oh yeah that new godzilla movie i'm gonna go see it it turned out we both wanted to see it we, neither of us knew we wanted to see it but it was both on our plate as a potential and uh yeah just i just saw it last night and i thought it was great i had like such a good time i thought it was an absolute an absolute blast pardon the pun i just uh <laughs> it was one of those movies kind of like a Mad Max Fury Road where it ends and your thought is it's not that hard to make a good movie why don't they make more of them (laughs) yeah that's a good that's a good takeaway I had I had a similar one yeah maybe not my favorite but certainly top five Mm. favorite movies of the year and I am not a if you go back one of our first episodes that we did on the show was Godzilla versus Kong and you knew much more both Godzilla and Kong lore. I pretty much only have seen the American versions of them. But either right before or right after we reviewed Godzilla versus Kong, I watched the original Godzilla, and then I said, I'm going to watch all of these now. And I watched, I think, two and a half. So I, um, I didn't get very far. Whatever other projects came out after that, that took my attention away from it. But I... Still might try to do it one day, but it is a gargantuan task. No, no pun intended. <laughs> there's uh, a lot of them. There's, there's a there's lot like of them. 30. Like, that's a lot of movies. Yeah. Yeah. As a kid, I didn't know what Godzilla, what it was really about. Mm. And so I really liked that first movie a lot. You know, on one hand, it's like, hey, it's cool. It's a giant lizard's giant dinosaur. And yeah, it's kind of quaint. A guy is just in a suit walking around a miniature set. That's pretty neat. I can see the appeal of just this creature character mythos. But the heart of that first movie and why I think it resonates obviously so well in Japanese cultural history is its relationship to how Japan was feeling after World War II. Mm -hmm. And it's a not so subtle metaphor (laughs) for being nuked and having Tokyo firebombed. Yeah. So I remember thinking watching the first one we typically resist any form of remake, you know, a good one pops out every once in a while, like West side story did a couple of years ago, but this one I thought calls for a remake because you could do a really bang up special effects movie using the same basic story. As long as you stay true to that, that feeling. Now you'll never be able to recapture the feeling of that coming out in 
1954 and Japan still being nine years recent of, uh, you know, the end of World War II. But, but this one does a pretty good job of that. Oh, yeah. And there's <laughs> something about that black and white cinematography in the original yeah. Godzilla. There's just so, it's just so like moody and uh, evocative that that'll never be touched. It's one of only two black and white Godzilla movies because the immediate sequel's been black and white and it's not very good. And then yes. all the subsequent movies are basically, they're fun monster movies for kids with little themes in each movie. This movie's theme is pollution, like, but they're for kids. That first movie, it's for everyone, but it's not specifically targeted at kids. And it feels like that's kind of always the case with the Godzilla cycles. They divide them up by um, the era of whoever the emperor is, I'm pretty sure, is how they, like, what they call them. So, like, the show, it was called the Showa period. So those movies in the 50s, 60s, and 70s are the Showa movies. And the first one is this, like you said, subtle, not so subtle metaphor of, uh, holy shit, what just happened to us? And then cartoon movies for kids. Then they bring them back in the 80s. And the first movie is this metaphor for Japan's memory of that, plus the 80s and commercialization and becoming more like a country like America. And then it's a bunch of cartoon movies for kids. Same thing in Godzilla 2000. And then same thing with... Uh, Shin Godzilla, which came out like in the middle of the Monarch movies, it's obviously about the Fukushima nuclear power plant disaster. And then they made three mo cartoon movies, literal cartoon movies for kids. And now we have this one, which I think is technically in the same era, but they obviously want to go back to back to the beginning. And it's it's not grim, like it's not this awful grim slog through like nuclear horror. But it's not for kids in the same way that some of the sequels might end up being. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I read the same thing that this is considered the the fifth movie of whatever era. I think it begins with an R or whatever Emperor's name. Reiwa? Okay. The Reiwa era? Yeah. Yeah, like the period that they're calling. I don't know the... Yes, I know my Godzilla and King Kong lore, but I'm not like a expert. I'm just like a oh, casual yeah. fan. Like I've I watched those movies a lot. My brothers and I with my dad on AMC. And they were like silly. So that's kind of how I know them. But I don't, yeah, but it's the, the Reiwa era. And they couldn't make a Godzilla movie because of the deal with Legendary Pictures, I think, or something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. It was, I think it was Legendary that was the big holdup, not Warner or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Did I tell you my Shin Godzilla story from, it's not much of a story, but it was from a couple months know. ago. So I was excited. I wanted to watch that one in anticipation for this one to see what, you know, a more modern Japanese Godzilla movie looks like. And I rented it from Uncle Jeff Bezos and I went to watch it and it was the dubbed version. So I said, oh, all right, well, let me just, you know, see if I can fix it or what have you. But every version on Amazon at the time was anything but original Japanese with English right. subtitles. So it was like you could watch it in original Japanese without the subtitles or you could watch it English dub or you could watch it in like Danish was an option. I said, you have everything but the one I need. So I got a refund. And but now it's streaming on Crunchyroll. Yes. So I started a free trial. So I'll be watching Shin Godzilla imminently. And I'm looking it's forward a good movie. to that one. That's yeah, a good I heard movie. that one's more of like a bureaucratic look at, yes. at how it would be handled. And yeah. Like if Roy Scheider was in that movie, if Chief Brody was in Shin Godzilla, his one-liner would be, you're going to need a bigger conference room because that movie is just a succession of Japanese government officials 
moving to more bigger, larger conference rooms as the situation gets more dire. Oh, that's pretty their, funny. And their inability to, to deal with it. And even since that movie, the Japanese film industry's like special effects have like improved. That one was like a huge step forward in terms of like, it's not a guy in a suit anymore. It's like a CGI. We really put a lot of money and time into it. And then this one is a huge step up from that even. So absolutely funny to say Jaws too, because I certainly felt some Jaws themes oh, in this one. Not so much the yeah, you're gonna need a bigger conference room, but they do the smile, you son of a bitch scene and a few yeah. other little nods. And then I read later that the director cite Jaws as a big influence. So oh, um yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the special effects in this are great. I read the budget was under fifteen million dollars. So yeah. going back to your Mad Max Fury Road comment. So not only can good movies be, they can be made, they can also be made for less than, I want to insert the Joe Biden clip right now of whatever, 300 trillion, billion, jillion, over a billion, 300 million, trillion, 300 million dollars. You can make them for less than that. You can make them on a modest budget and still, there were a couple moments where the what it wasn't supremely good looking like like the american godzilla right now looks like unbelievable in all of the current monarch movies but overall looks really good there were a couple sequences in particular that stood out this movie going back to i guess should we get into spoilers though we're not going to really be spoiling much no i i just think like see it a lot of people are talking about it it's i think it's just probably a surprise hit yeah. I, don't, I don't think they expect it to do as well in america as it's doing both critically and commercially you should see it like if you're wondering should i see that movie you should and you should yes. see it on the big screen yes it's a movie theater movie like you gotta see it with a big screen and an audience actually see it with an audience and that score both oh. the new score and the themes that the original uh oh i'm gonna butcher his name akira Ikufube is the original composer. I'm sorry if I completely slaughtered that name, but his famous iconic Godzilla theme is dropped at several points in this movie. And Seeing a Godzilla movie on the big screen, like you said, it's like a proper Godzilla movie. It's a Toho Godzilla movie. And hearing that music, I felt like I was a character in a movie watching a movie. Like I felt like Leo in Catch Me If You Can when he's watching Goldfinger, just like completely yeah. like, oh my God, the movies. <laughs> like That's kind of, I think that's why I had such a good time. It sort of swept me away. Goosebumps when that music came mm -hmm. out. Yeah, that, as the kids say, that theme is a banger. Yeah. An absolute banger. I think we dropped it in when we did the Godzilla versus Kong episode. And it was used extremely well and it fit because it does sound like something that would be made in the 50s, like for a 50s type disaster movie. But since this is set in the late 40s and early 50s, I think it gets to the early 50s. It's perfect. So yeah, yeah. Used, but then like you said, the rest of the score is also very good, like really captures the mood, both emotional and whenever there's more action-y sequences. Definitely big recommendation for this movie if you see it. Now I'm getting into spoilers, which again, nothing super consequential. It is ultimately a Godzilla movie. You know what you're going to get out of it. Mm -hmm. But it is essentially a remake of the original 
Godzilla, which that is something I thought would be, like I said earlier, that I thought would be perfect. And when the trailer came out for this, it was it's a great trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was definitely getting 2014 Godzilla vibes from the trailer where I thought this might be a lot of like, we don't see Godzilla, we don't see Godzilla, then we see him a little quick, quick parts, but you know, modest budget, that's what we're going to get. This movie gives you a lot of Godzilla <laughs> and, and you even get him very early to a degree. So there's none of that, but the trailer made it seem that way. You know, the trailer also indicates that it is in post-war Mm-hmm. Japan, but I didn't necessarily think they were going to do like an exact remake. And they basically did an exact remake. Some of the characters are obviously different, but the same yeah. like archetypes are there. Mm-hmm. And the same big plot beats with Godzilla are there, like the attack on the city with the train. Yes. Um, how they, you know, spoiler, third act attempt to defeat Godzilla is exactly, yeah. basically, eh, not exactly the same. That one's more about like salt or something. They try to take like, yeah. the salt water out. But it's similar. It's like this this increasing series of we gotta figure this out. We have to like put together these contraptions. Like what are we gonna what are we gonna do about this this thing? This thing that has just appeared on our shores and is devastating. And that's I think, yeah, full spoilers, we're gonna spoil the movie. That's the thing that I think is one of the biggest strengths of this movie is Godzilla, he's not an anti-hero. He's obviously a metaphor, but he's not he he is just a force of nature that is just destroying every single thing he comes into contact with. Like it's scary. Godzilla's not a he in this movie. It's an it. It's just a thing. It's just this monstrous colossus of death and destruction. <laughs> and I liked that you see why our like main character becomes so consumed with like, I want to take revenge on this thing. And people are like, that's really stupid. Look at it. Like, you, you, can't, you can't take revenge on it. It's a monster. It's hell. It's a demon. We have to just figure, figure it out as a team. So I really like that aspect of it because in the 2014 Godzilla, which I think we both really enjoy, it's that same level of like, look at this gigantic force of nature. Look at all the destruction it's causing. But the destruction is like the result of him doing his job which is to fight off bad monsters which i'm totally fine with that's also a part of godzilla but it was nice to see a godzilla movie where he is just a gigantic monster that destroys entire cities it's crazy how versatile godzilla is like you can do it either you know i I thought a lot about the terminator watching this one where i'm watching this one and i'm like i really like having you know he's not evil in a mustache twirling bad guy type of way like you said he's evil because he's a force of nature that's just destroying and killing everything in sight i really like that version of godzilla but then i also really like the 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 good guy godzilla who comes up and kills all the other bad monsters so you can have both ways so it would be neat if japan could keep doing it this way and america keep doing it the way they're doing it because yeah i kind of like them all i've really liked everything godzilla related we've got the last 10 years in in one way or another godzilla is godzilla is like one of the great movie characters you think of movies like godzilla is that like you said you can it can be used for so many different things because it's not a character so it's all just about like what humans do you surround godzilla with that's kind of all that matters really like what story are are you trying to tell and this one was definitely looking back at japan's history and trying to do a big budget slightly more i don't know what you'd call it but just like with the benefit of so many generations of hindsight and events let's like look back at this period and now what happens if if a godzilla shows up 
Right. Um, and it was great. It's great. The, even the the it opening like that our main that our main character is a kamikaze pilot who decided fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> Like that's a great main character for a Godzilla. Uh, uh, yeah, character-wise, usually with these monster movies, we talk about this all the time. It's like, can we just get to the monsters fighting each other or destroying the city or whatever? This is probably the best one I can think of in recent memory. Uh, the Planet of the Apes movies, we, we talk about these every once in a while. Those have good human characters. The three like Matt Reeves, Andy yeah. Circus era ones. Those ones have good characters that ground the story. But like Godzilla versus Kong, Godzilla 2014, usually don't have great human characters. And you're like, can we just get to the fighting? Yeah. But this one was not that way. Yeah, like you said, centralizing the story around a kamikaze pilot who didn't, you know, do his job was a mm -hmm. perfect vessel for all of these different things that Japan is struggling with at the time. When the movie takes place, yes, again spoilers he lands on this island where godzilla shows up already he's much much smaller yes and they already have a name for him which i thought was funny oh it's godzilla oh, here it's our godzilla movie let's just start the movie here's godzilla and he grows as more testing goes on and then we get full-fledged godzilla even then that was only like a half an hour into the movie yeah so i was a little bit in that first act kind of like i'm ready for some godzilla but the pacing was really good where the big Godzilla sequences happen, but then a lot of good character stuff. And the big themes of this are, you know, of course, Godzilla is a representation of both nuclear war and just, you know, the general firebombing and destruction that occurred with mm -hmm. Japan, but all the human characters represent Japan's identity crisis and what they needed to do. And the sequence that I think might've been strongest in the movie is when basically a bunch of, scientists and military former military and civilians get together and start working together to figure out yes. a way to solve their problem which is again a not so subtle metaphor for japan rebuilding with all of its citizens and not being a military dictatorship yes. we need to all work together to solve this problem and rebuild and move forward Let's not bicker and argue about who killed who. Like, let's not argue about <laughs> whose fault this is. That we're let's not bicker and argue about who killed who. And I like that it's explicitly because, you know, America's not helping us. They're busy with the Soviets. <laughs> like, they don't oh, give a shit about us. Yeah. Um, sent us some, like, dinies. <laughs> like, I've got to say. Ourselves. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. I have a growing list of some of the most bizarre, like, fucking with history things that have happened in movies. But having this one have General MacArthur address, like, the Godzilla problem was is, is up there. Like, this yes. idea of, like, oh, no, 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 we can't ruin relations with, with the Soviet Union mm -hmm. and have tensions increase with them. So you guys are on your own. But we'll send you some decommissioned ships <laughs> yeah. yeah so i yeah. general macarthur at this point was dealing with godzilla now in my head so that's interesting yeah. when he wasn't trying to overthrow a uh, truman in a coup he was just trying he was also trying to help yep. Japan with their uh godzilla i just picture him with his little pipe yeah <laughs> it's a godzilla problem <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah so it was great, but it wasn't heavy-handed. Like nope. they didn't, they didn't literally say any of that in the movie. You just get right. it from the visual storytelling, the dialogue, and the character relationships. Like it's not that hard. 
you know? That's why I went yeah. back. I wasn't reminded of Fury Road, obviously two completely different movies, but in terms of just a reminder of what movies like this can be, like they can just completely just, you sit down and two hours zips by and you were in safe hands the whole time and these are not complicated stories and you think of all the dumb versions of what you just saw, all the stupid, loud, pandering versions of a movie like this and you think why do they always mess it up like why can't they just do this it's not that hard and obviously this is a studio that has been making godzilla movies since 1954 they know what they're doing but still i think i think the reason it's doing well i mean godzilla movies have always been popular in america but i think the reason it's like a kind of becoming like a success and a thing that people are talking about is some of the worst movies ever have been released this year <laughs> yep i mean in general over the last few years but this year particularly i've seen trailers for movies and it's like is that a that's a joke film right like that they didn't actually make that movie i think people are just americans will now read they will go to the movies and they will read if it means that the movie happening above the words is as entertaining as this is yes we haven't really talked about this much on the podcast yet we should do like a in memoriam episode for the Marvel Cinematic Universe maybe early next year because I think it's it's finally caught up with them and yeah their audiences are now more receptive for something like this which again it's not reinventing the wheel it's a Godzilla movie it's just done very well and amazingly for the first time they just remade the first one and yeah which is also a sign of the times like it's just a remake but if you're going to remake a movie, like do it like this. Like it, it brings a lot to the original. It's a nice compliment to the original. Yes. It doesn't try to top it. It tries to top it, obviously, in like visual right. effects. But it's not trying to outdo it. It's just trying to be a different, a different version of a very classic story. And I think they were better able to articulate the things I was just talking about of all of the different infrastructures of people working together to rebuild Japan that they probably weren't recognizing as clearly in 1954, yes. though they do. That's still kind of there in that movie. Oh, yeah. But it's a little bit more obvious in this one, having, you know, having the benefit of hindsight and looking back to yeah. this time period. They're so close to it in 1954. Correct. Like it's, it's nine years. Like a lot of these guys were pilots and engineers and technicians. Like they're close to it. Now it's a little further away. They can be a little bit more detached they can explicitly kind of come out and say like, yes, our main character gets a lot of his friends killed. It's not really his fault, but like the movie's not punishing him. He's punishing himself, but we as an audience are supposed to think, stop beating yourself up, man. Like you didn't want to be a kamikaze pilot, a very understandable human motive. <laughs> yeah. In Japan, you must always commit suicide to avoid embarrassment. And good little character arcs with some of the, more minor characters too, two in particular really judge him for not, you know, causing yes. himself. Then the more they, you know, learn and, and work through these struggles together, they realize I thought of a little bit, the last Jedi, yep. one of the messages that that one tries to say is like, we don't win by like killing ourselves. We win by saving each other. And like, yes, this was a better version of that sort of little message. Well, yeah, uh, because in, in that movie, shortly before they say that line a character does accomplish a lot of very important goals <laughs> by killing herself 
in a scene that I love. I love that yeah, scene. I love that scene. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get Of course it'd be better if it was Admiral Akbar. It'd be so much better if it was the fish head guy. Um anyway. <laughs> but yes, then the movie sort of undercuts that by having a it's like, yes, that's true, but you did just show us Ellie Which Sattler saving the day, and it was awesome. This movie very mixed is much clearer. It's just no. Do not fly your plane into Godzilla's mouth. That's a stupid idea. Yeah. <laughs> but it looked pretty cool. Yes, um, it did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so this, like I said, just very well edited, very well paced, a good, a really good screenplay. They did the thing, Danny, that I believe that we <laughs> built our podcast against uh, mm-hmm. the, the director of this movie, Takashi Yamazaka. Yamazaki. Yamazaki. You Yamazaki. He made one movie. He made one movie, and then they said, make Godzilla. This is exactly what happened with Gareth Edwards. Um, <laughs> but I guess it's a little different when their making a Godzilla movie is a little bit different than our making of a Godzilla movie. Because for them to make a Godzilla movie, you're doing it on a budget of less than $15 million. And I think they trusted the filmmaker a little bit more than our studios tend to do that. Yes. So similar-ish process, but this time it made a little bit more sense. Like, no, 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 let's, let's get the independent guy who can make a movie on a budget, who can tell a good story and we will handle the visual effects stuff. Yeah. And like, he worked his way up. Like he worked his way up to a big Godzilla movie. Like yeah. his, I, I was looking at his filmography and all these titles translated into English. It's all so strange, but he made like small movies. He made kind of big ish movies. But this is like his career has been had, like building towards like I think in one of his uh, like indie dramas, which I think are period dramas about like a neighborhood in Tokyo. I think they were. He has like a scene that shows Godzilla, but like it was almost oh, like, a, like an audition for who I'd be good if, I, if you gave me a real Godzilla movie. And they certainly did. And I think he was a visual effects supervisor. But yeah, it's like Gareth Edwards had the small indie movie and then immediately Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I'm exaggerating when I said yeah. he had one movie, but it he, was he, like, like you said, it was more of a building block yes. where he was a lot of like co-directors and they were smaller movies and some TV yes. and stuff like that. A more traditional path. Exactly. We talked about it in that. That's our first episode that Ridley Scott. Everyone, well, his second movie was Alien. Yes, but it was his second movie, but it was like his 100th thing. Like he had done commercials and music videos and well, not music videos, but lots of commercials. Yep. Gareth Edwards went right from the movie he made himself to Godzilla to Rogue One and then was exhausted for like five years and just recently made a new movie. What's that movie called? The Creator? The Creator, which I'm sure is him just trying to not want to deal with any of these the studio crap. And I think Toho is like a pretty good studio to work for. It's been around forever. Kurosawa made a lot of his movies through Toho, a lot of his like early movies through Toho, so... I think they like under again. It's different. Like they obviously want to make money, but I think they understand that it'll make money if the movie's good. Like people, <laughs> the movie remember has that to be, the movie has to be good. It. I think what what it is is that I think some of these smaller studios or foreign studios are run by guys that are similar to the old Hollywood guys, mm-hmm. to someone like Robert Evans who want to make money. I miss Robert Evans. Yes. They want to make money, obviously, but they also love movies and think that like it should be good. Now we have 
David Zaslav, who's just wants to he just wants to make money. It's not even that. It's not even that he wants to make money. He just wants he doesn't want the shareholders to yell at him. That is so far removed from the filmmaking process. So I think that's why movies like this do well, because the people are allowed to make them. Like this movie, it's two hours, but it doesn't drag. And it just like you said, no. everything has like time to breathe and like the character beats have time to build so that by the end of the movie, when it's all coming together, it feels earned because we've watched these characters go through things. They respond to things. It's a classic example of because this happens, then this happens. Not let's try to retrofit a movie onto the thing we already decided is the end. The latter half of Game of Thrones is a lot of that. It's here's what we want the ending to be. How do we get them from this like moving pieces on a board? This was just characters moving through a situation and responding to what happens in a believable way. The problem solving piece of like, how do we defeat this monster? Like it's all very logical instead of just throwing bombs and missiles at it while an American character actor stands in a military uniform and says, we're going to, we're going to nuke it with a, with a special bomb. And I'm like, just, yeah, that is good. Science that is good. Science bitches or, yeah. or ma magnets bitches from, from Breaking Bad. Yeah, bitch! Magnets! Oh! Yeah, they get together, they figure it out, and it has a military component to it. That's what, oh, and they, another, speaking of Star Wars, they have their Dunkirk slash Rise of Skywalker moment in this, yep. too. That Where did they get all these fighter craft? They have no navy. It's not a navy, so it's just people. Is also very well earned, like it was in dunkirk <laughs> yeah everything like you said is earned and that third act is very well set up and extremely satisfying and exciting and i was like i felt tense and i cared about what happened to the characters yeah and it all looked thing, you know that godzilla's gonna get destroyed but that's not the thing it's like you want i don't want this character to die i want them to defeat i want the good guys to live and then for them also to get Godzilla. And then I love that this movie wasn't cute about it. It wasn't like, ooh, you know, it was just like, oh, Godzilla's coming back. Like, don't worry about it. Like, there'll be there'll be a sequel. Like, they weren't being, they weren't ashamed. It was unpretentious. The whole movie was just very unpretentious. And there's this thing with, uh, I forget her name, the woman, the woman in the film. <laughs> Who, they killed that poor woman. They're gonna, they're, they're gonna kill that poor woman. They're gonna kill that poor woman. They killed that poor woman, but it turns out they didn't kill that poor woman. But are they going to kill that poor woman? Mm. Um, so yeah, I just liked how there's no pretending. Like they're like, yeah, we're obviously gonna make another Godzilla movie. We've been making them since the '50s, but this movie needs to stand on its own. This movie needs to be a full, a full meal, and it certainly was. It was delicious. It, it was. was delicious that there's so many just like this director said he loves like close encounters like he loves spielberg movies mm -hmm. and spielberg would love this movie spielberg would, would have a would have a blast watching this movie this would tickle his the inner child it was a very much an american blockbuster even mm -hmm. though it's a even though thematically it's so personal to japan but from a you know, beginning, middle, and end, and how everything's structured. It is such a 70s, 80s, you know, good American blockbuster movie. So it's, yeah, it's just a perfect marriage of everything. I walked out of it saying this is at least a top five movie this year. It's right there with Killers of the Flower Moon. And I also saw another movie that I feel this way about now, and that's Thanksgiving. So <laughs> maybe we'll talk about that another time. But that movie was 
fucking awesome. I highly recommend that movie also. Yeah. Uh, but I liked this one more than that. This one was just executed perfectly. And like you said, I mean, the takeaway, I have been whistling and listening to the original theme and the whole score is very good. I listened to the entire score. So I recommend the whole score for your listening ears. If you're a, if you like movie score, but there are a few old themes. I wish it was as famous as like the bond theme or Rocky or something like that. Cause it is that good. Naoki Sato. That's the composer's name. Yes. They're very good. I thought it was she, but it is he. Yeah. Naoki Sato. Again, I'm probably butchering that, but yeah, it's not as famous, but like it's as good as the Bond theme and the Rocky theme and the Star Wars. Theme. It's like, again, think of all the movie themes that are famous and how many of them are from the last 20 years. Like you and I can hum the Dark Knight theme. Could the average Joe on the street hum it? That's kind of my thing with like, I think it's a great, I love those scores. Yeah. But some yeah. people say the Avengers theme, they're wrong. Lord of, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. And I would actually say Up. I think Up is used oh. so often that that's one of the few that if you play that, like a lot of people would know what that one is. I think it's used sure. a lot in like Instagram and TikTok videos too, that main theme. Sure. So that's sure. how it reaches. Um, yeah. That's how it reaches all the ears. But <laughs> that's about it. That's like we just named yeah. the handful that would certainly be recognized. That's about Harry Potter. Yeah, but again, that's that's from a long time. That's like, over twenty Harry years. Potter now. and Lord of the Rings are over twenty years. I know. Old. The I know. Avengers Jesus. theme. Yeah, but the last the last movie in that franchise that had that theme is from like what five years ago. Like, yeah. Think of how many Marvel movies have a memorable theme. I mean, none of them. Like, none of these characters have themes. Like, no. Each movie has a different composer, a different Spider Man, Spider Man, Michael Giacchino. That's it, though. Yeah, but he's he the, used he just he used the Spider Man theme though. He used the famous one from the sixties. The da, 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 da. doesn't he use that? No, it's his own. He oh, he, see, I haven't, I have not seen those movies. I'm not uh, as ready. Dun, 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 okay, Okay. It's a very Michael Giacchino sounding thing, but you're right. We're splitting hairs here. I could do that right now. Yes. You know it off the top of your head. If you went and said, Hey, what's the Tom Holland Spider-Man theme to someone right now, they would not be able to hum the tune. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Did Tom Holland play Loki? Like that's, they don't, yeah. all, it all just gels together. Yeah. But yeah. That's the thing. This was like movie magic. It's a Godzilla movie. Like it's a classic type of movie. And just, I've never, well, that's, I've seen the American ones, but like that doesn't quite count, you know, like that's not quite the same as like you said, back where it belongs with a Japanese studio set in Japan. Although those Monarch movies are very good. They're good, but they're more tailored to our sensibilities. Sure. Yeah. There's no human villain in this movie. Like there's no, right. there is no mustache twirling guy who's like, I'm going to use Godzilla to increase profits. Like none of that, none of yeah. that. There's no, there's no eco terrorist that the movie can't decide. Are they good or bad? It's just people reacting to Godzilla. Go. <laughs> yeah. Curious to see if they do make sequels specific to this movie, though. And I think they will because it did well enough. Like you said, the ending is in such a way that it's like, if they just leave this movie alone, it's fine. It, it ends like most horror movies end with some sort of allusion to the, the monster coming back. 
But if they make a direct sequel to this, I'd be on board. I hope they, you know, take their time and come up with a story because you can't just do this again. You can't do Japanese anxiety post-World War II unless it's like a different element involved with it. But I think you got to do something different there. You can't make the sequel because that's the only one I watched. And then I think I was like, oh boy, I don't know. Is it just Godzilla Returns or something like that? It's called Godzilla Raids Again. And Godzilla Raids Again. Ishiro Honda doesn't direct it. He directed almost all of them. He's like the Godzilla auteur and he didn't make the second one. It's not good. No one likes, everyone skips that one. They skip right to King Kong versus Godzilla because it's oh, just, yeah. you, don't need, you don't need the second one. I hope they like build to Mecha Godzilla. They don't just, you know, you, know, you can't just throw Mecha Godzilla. You, you gotta, you gotta build to him. No pun intended. You gotta put the parts together. Like I'd love to see like a, what is the 19, or if they wait long enough, like we get a cool sort of 1960s version of a mecha Godzilla, what would the sixties do with that? Like, mm. like an Austin Powers movie, but I'd be down for that. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would like if they did, they made one of these like every 10 years, but they are sequels to each other. And it's like 50, it's like what the stupid X-Men movies do, even though they're like two years apart. Yeah. <laughs> they did that and it was awful, yeah. but that's because they didn't do it correctly. Right. Yeah. But if this, this one's yeah. like truly the next one is in the 60s and then the 70s and the That'd 80s. Cool. And if you could somehow tie it into other, I like when it's more, no, they should just stick with what's specific and personal to Japan. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like the 90s would be really interesting. You know, the country's yeah. becoming like this, this incredible economy that is about to collapse. And it's like this argument of it's because we became too much like America. Like that's a whole other interesting aspect of Japanese history and politics. It's, why are we emulating the country <laughs> that, that, that nuked us? <laughs> nuked us twice, and then before that, firebombed. Our, like, why are we trying to? Why are we trying to do that? So, you set one in the '90s, and a and a Mecha Godzilla just like destroys all the McDonald's in Tokyo. <laughs> like, or the that'd be fun. The '90s one, they just end up nuking Godzilla, and they're like, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> it's like they're like, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> this is time is a flat circle here. Yeah, or he then, goes to Sony yeah. headquarters and yeah, blows go. that up. There's yeah. a German. There's a German documentarian who who doesn't understand Godzilla, and he's asking stupid questions and like, "What do you hear? What What are you adding to this?" And he's like, "What if there was smaller Godzilla? Is that, <laughs> that <be> cool?" <laughs> nice. That's not how he talks. I don't know how he talks. That's but. all right. It's more comical that way. Yeah. So you're a really good movie. I I know you're not Godzilla like number one fan but you certainly know more than i do is the regenerative thing a normal godzilla staple that he's like wolverine i don't think until i think that's pretty recent i thought it was like new to shin godzilla one of the cooler aspects of that movie is the constant transmogrifying and it looks like godzilla's in pain doing it like i thought that was new but again i could be wrong so i don't necessarily want to put this the coffee and desk stamp of approval but it's not something from like those first early films okay like he, he obviously doesn't you can just throw bombs at him and he just looks like he's annoyed but there was no thing of oh his tail's growing back or his face is growing back. his, his face, face got blown off and is growing back yeah just... in the american not the american remake of the first godzilla called king of the monsters the <sighs> sequel to godzilla called king of the monsters they nuke him and then he comes up and they all say how big, how huge he looks. Like he's now bigger than he was before they nuked him. Josh Lyman says, is that guy been juicing? Like he looks huge. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, I think that's fairly new. I think, and I think that's because as the movies have grown with the times, they've like added new things. That that's why I like the franchise because they're they're always trying to make them for like a new generation. Like they're not trying necessarily to appease the adult fans. They're like, well, this is for new people. And why are you complaining? You shouldn't be watching this anymore. You're 40. <laughs> like, you're not supposed like to be watching this. Yeah. And again, that's a very like Japanese thing. It's like, grow up, get a job. Why are you watching Godzilla movies? In America, well, it's this constant thing of like, but does it appeal to me? Who? What about us? It's like, you guys don't own it anymore. So that's the thing I like about the franchise is it's always adapting and changing. Yeah. Yeah, and Godzilla looks a little different in this one. It looked it mm-hmm. looked painful to be Godzilla. That was something yeah, I was thinking a few times. It's yeah, just very scaly in the back back spikes. Just uh, but yeah, very good. good design for Godzilla. Whenever he he spit hot fire, it looked really cool. That always that's that always looks really cool when that blue tail lights up. It's great. Uh, it's never. It's literally never not cool. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's what I mean. This movie does a great job of balancing. Godzilla is fucking cool. It, he looks cool. Mm-hmm. He does cool shit. He yeah. He literally nukes part of Tokyo at one point, mm-hmm. which is a little. I, I felt a little like, but that that's the, the. But that's how it's supposed to make you feel. Yeah. It earns it. It's not yes. again like Man of Steel or something like that. No, this is the point of this movie in this. Career. Yeah, yeah. It's like Man of Steel is a Godzilla movie, but it's like Superman's doing it. <laughs> exactly this, this is a godzilla movie but godzilla is doing it yeah and yeah and you care but you care about the characters on the ground i like godzilla 2014 it's one of my it's like a comfort movie for me like i'll throw that on and just kind of enjoy enjoy that film don't know who aaron T- taylor johnson plays don't know what his name is i want to say it's brady maybe brody i think it's brody okay sure yeah he's nothing he is the blankest slate oh yeah he yep. has literally just moved from location to location to just watch Godzilla do things. And it's, you know, <laughs> it is Brody. It's uh it's Brody. Oh, it no, Brody? no, 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 no. Elizabeth Olsen's character's name is Brody. Well, she's married to him. But they, oh, for, oh, oh, this is how bad his name is. His name is two last names. Ford Brody is the character's name. That's so stupid. Ford Brody. <laughs> That's a dumb okay. name. Yeah, that's, that's got nothing on. Make sure I uh, pronounce it correctly. That's got nothing on the main character of this movie, Koichi Shikishima. <laughs> that's a name. That's a good name. And he has a similar, like he's a soldier. He's a soldier with PTSD. But like that's never a thing in the 2014 Godzilla. Like, did, did he like disposing of bombs? Like, I don't know. He, he's just nothing. Everyone yeah. makes the same joke. It's like the main character of that movie should have been Brian Cranston, but. Mm-hmm. This is a movie where all the main all the main characters are Brian Cranston. They have that level of depth that he brought to his like ten minute performance in the American Godzilla. It's all characters like that who you understand them and you want them to be okay during this big Godzilla disaster. Yes. So just a perfect balance of special effects, action, but really good characters, good drama, good themes. You know, being a kamikaze in this who abandons your post, dealing with post-war rebuilding how to face this threat again working together and rebuilding your culture and community just really good stuff i miss movies like this and yeah danny and i like we said danny maybe it's your favorite movie of the year and it's definitely in my top five it was a very very well-made movie 
Well, I like the film that it's a spinoff of Oppenheimer, but I definitely prefer this. <laughs> like of the two movies that came out this year about nuclear power and what it does to the human soul. This one's better. I would agree with that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Danny has also finally seen Oppenheimer. So we'll yeah. have to talk about those two mm -hmm. little, little movies from earlier this year at some point soon. But anyway, well, highly recommend Godzilla minus one. If you can still see it in theaters, do so. Yes. Uh, otherwise, you know, definitely check it out when it is available video on demand. That's it for that one. Thank you very much for listening. I want to sell you death sticks. I don't want to sell you death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life.